I'm going to begin in John 10 again, because this is the theme I'm working with on the abundant life. And I'm going to make a play off this this morning. So let's just read John 10 together, okay? The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. One translation says that they may have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So when you are born again, the life of God comes into you. We talked about this last week. And as the life of God comes into you, you your life is, is kicked into overdrive. And God brings abundant life into you, and now you're living in the life of God. Amen? And the life of God is living in you. And so as I, as I began thinking about this, I thought, well, what are some of the, the manifestations of that abundant life? How does it work out in our lives? And one thing that I think is undeniable from Scripture is that the abundant life, when, when God comes into you and the abundant life comes into you, you experience peace that is supernatural. We, we can define peace in natural terms. But when God comes into your heart, there's a supernatural peace that comes. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He's telling his disciples that in him we're going to find peace, and peace that's going to transcend Go above, rise above any type of trouble that we can encounter in this life. Any type of tragedy, any type of hardship, anything we encounter in this life, the peace of God can transcend it. Hallelujah. Are you awake this morning? Amplified says it this way. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. I have deprived it of the power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Can somebody shout amen? amen? Psalm 34, verse 14, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Paul prayed this for the Thessalonians. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. In Romans, he prayed for the Romans. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So peace in the New Testament, if any of you out there are named Irene today, your name means peace, 
because irene, which in Greek means peace, is akin to the Hebrew word for peace, which we find in the Old Testament, which is a very well-known term, and that's the term shalom. So if I would take you to Israel with me, and Lord willing, we'll go in 2024, but if, if you go to Israel with me, people will greet you there with shalom. That is the common greeting, shalom. Shalom means security and safety. It's an ancient word which means uh, completeness, wholeness, safety, soundness, health, prosperity, all of that wrapped up in that. Shalom. Some have said it even means things are now as they should be. That when God gives you His peace, things are now as they should be. Come on, this is a word for some people in here this morning. It's a word for all of us, but some of y'all are going to catch this revelation today. Things are now as they should be. Okay? So I'm going to give you some ways to walk in peace at all times. Because here's the deal. I, I, I encountered this thought recently from a minister who said we could walk in peace at all times. I don't think I'd ever thought of that because we think, well, we encounter this thing and this thing comes our way and we have to do our best just to, just to make it through things. And I know God has always given us the victory, but, but I never really settled in and thought I can be at peace, the peace of God. I can be at peace at all times. So I'm going to challenge you with that this morning. I want to challenge you to seek for the peace spot at all times in your life, 24-7, 365. It, means, it doesn't mean you don't care about things. It doesn't mean you aren't concerned about things. It doesn't mean you don't need to take care of some stuff. It doesn't mean you won't have conflict in life. But I'm telling you, we if we have the Prince of Peace as our Lord, and if He's given us peace that transcends the world, then you and I can walk in peace at all times. We can, I'm going to preach to this church over here. We can walk in peace at all times. We can walk in peace at all times. We can walk in peace at all times. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but you can walk in peace at all times. You can walk in peace at all times. So let me give you four different things here, four different, four different commands. First of all, you've got to receive His peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. You've got to receive it. You have to receive the peace. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first step to peace is receiving the Lord Jesus into our hearts. And then there's peace, Paul says, between us and God. There's no more conflict. There's no more judgment. There's no more enmity. There's no more distance. There's no more walls between us and God. Once we receive the Lord into our hearts, the Father embraces us as children, and then we embrace Him as our Father, and all is well. All is well. 
all is well. And now you have the peace of God. You have peace with God. And then you have the peace of God in your hearts. I don't know if you guys, you have to say amen to this. But once you receive the Lord into your heart and you really have that born again experience, did you not experience peace like you'd never experienced it in your life? I did. I experienced peace like I had never experienced in my life. And I was, I was born again at the age of 16. So I didn't have a whole lot of history. But nonetheless, I experienced peace and I knew it was supernatural. I knew it was beyond anything I'd ever experienced. So some of you, if you're walking in trouble and you're laying down at night and you can't sleep and you're worrying over things, if you're born again, you need to let it go. And you need to let the peace of God come into your heart. And listen to what I'm saying. you got to receive it. you got to say, Lord, I take your peace and I bring it into my heart right now and I let go of everything else and I'm going to let your peace dominate me. I'm going to let your peace dominate me. And I don't think it's something you have to work up, something you have to invent, something you have to create. It's, it's God creating in you a level of peace that goes beyond natural understanding. Now in Joshua, or Judges rather, Judges chapter 6, Israel was in a, a captivity situation. The whole book of Judges is Israel disobeying God, backsliding, God allowing enemies to come in and conquer them, then they get fed up with it, they cry out, God raises up a deliverer and brings them back to a revival. Amen. That's the whole ebb and flow of the book of Judges. Well, this is happening in Judges chapter 6. The Midianites have come and they've put the Israelites under their thumb. The Israelites are in such fear and turmoil, they're having to hide in caves from the Midianites. So one day, there's a man named Gideon who comes out and he's hiding from the Midianites. He gets down in a, in, a, in, a, in a press and he's threshing wheat to where he can't be seen. And then an angel of the Lord appears to him. And the angel of the Lord comes and he approaches him like this. Almighty man of valor. Or, or in certain translations, Almighty warrior. Now he's hiding from the enemies. He's down in a press, threshing wheat, and I like to think that, he's, that he kind of looks up and kind of goes, who's he talking to? Surely it's not me. But thank God, God sees in us stuff we can't see in ourselves. Almighty oh, warrior! And then he starts telling him how God is commissioning him to bring deliverance to the Israelites. And he says this in verse 22 of this Judges 6. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord standing before him. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. You know what this is in Hebrew? Shalom. The angel says, Shalom. Think about this. In the midst of all that's going on, God comes and speaks, Shalom to him. In the midst of all that's going on, God comes and speaks, 
everything is as it should be. you got to take that by faith. Come on, somebody. Everything is as it should be. Shalom. And then, he says, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And so Gideon built an altar in the Hebrew. There's a play on words here. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it Jehovah Shalom. So in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of the greatest tragedy they've ever seen, Gideon builds an altar to the Lord and proclaims a Jehovah name of God that is his characteristic, one of his characteristics, and that is the Lord is peace. So I don't know what you're going through this morning, where you are in life, what you're encountering, but the Lord says to you, all is well, things are as they should be in my kingdom. And if you're in me, you're in the realm of peace. You're in the safety of my presence. And I speak shalom to you. I speak health and prosperity and security. And everything is as it should be. Come on, can somebody shout hallelujah? I thought y'all would shout on that, but I don't know. But it's going to take a little more this morning. Come on, somebody. If that doesn't make you happy, I don't know. I don't have any other tricks up my sleeve. Amen. That is it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Shalom to you. Things are as they should be. But no, things aren't as they should be, Hans. No, I'm talking about what the Lord is saying to you. They may not be in your mind, but they are in His kingdom. Hallelujah. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nobody's upset and in turmoil in heaven. Nobody's whining away in heaven. Nobody's broken, depressed in heaven. Nobody's sick and afflicted in heaven. Hallelujah. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Shalom to you. Put your hands together and give Him a shout. Hallelujah. That's a word. I release that word in the name of Jesus over this church. All is as it should be. What do you need to do to walk in perfect peace? You've got to receive it. Number two, you have to reject. Now, now you don't know when I'm preaching, I'm preaching on Hans more than you all, right? Because if I point my finger at you, I've got at least three pointing back at me. Okay, you all know that. So the second thing I want to tell you is you must reject all worry. You must reject all worry because worry will eat at the peace that God has brought into your life. I know I've been there. Worry will eat it, eat you alive if you allow it to. How many people are on antidepressants? And how many people are trying to medicate worry out of their lives? 1 Peter 5.7 Get in your Bible, turn there, underline it, highlight it with asterisks on both sides. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care. He didn't say cast 35%. 
of your character. 44%. No, somebody shout all. all. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, it's interesting. The term care in Greek comes from a term that means to divide or create distractions. To divide or distract. So what cares do is they come to divide your focus and divide your attention. And if Satan can get you divided and distracted, he can eat away at the peace in your heart. If he can get you divided or distracted, he can eat away at the peace in your heart. But we're not going to let that happen. Amen? We're all held accountable to this word after you've heard it today, right? And the term cast literally means it was used of casting garments on a colt. Like you go up and you cast garments on or a, throw a saddle over a horse. You're going to cast your cares on the Lord today. You're going to close every entry point that the enemy has to come in and eat away because the spirit of fear is real. There is a spirit of fear because the Bible says, For God has not given us a spirit of but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So the spirit of fear is real. And if you open the door and allow yourself to become divided or distracted, then Satan can come and plant the spirit of fear in your life. But we're not going to allow that to happen. Somebody shout amen. amen. We're going to cast worry aside. Come on, just do this with me. Come on, everybody needs to do it. You say, it sounds stupid, huh? Not, I don't care what it looks like. Just Come on, everybody. Casting worry aside. Casting worry aside. 1 John 4, there is no fear in love. For perfect love casts out all fear. Once the love of God comes into your heart, if you start walking in that perfect love, fear has no place to remain in the realm of perfect love. Because when you, what he's talking about here is that there's a dread, there's a fear of judgment with God. But once you're right with God, there's no more fear of judgment. And perfect love has come into your heart and cleared the table of judgment against you. Taken all the condemnation off of you. Taken that dread out of your life and now you can walk complete, completely free because perfect love casts out fear. Listen to this version. There is no fear in love because dread does not exist. But perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Amen. So we're going to cast worry aside and we're going to cast fear aside and we're going to shut the door of that and we're going to walk in complete freedom after this day. Somebody shout amen. amen. Colossians 3.15 Here's another one. Underline, highlight, asterisk. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule. Some have said it's like an umpire. 
Let the peace of God act as an umpire, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. You know what an umpire does in baseball? He stands over the plate and he calls every pitch. This is a strike, that's a ball, this is a strike, this is a ball. He calls every one. And what the peace of God does in your heart is if you allow it to rule in your heart, it starts calling the shots. That's not of God. Cast it aside. This thought don't put into your thought life. This one is of God. Let it come. That's how you walk in peace. It stands over the plate, the home plate of your life. You get on Facebook. Can you believe what she said? And flesh, you get sucked in according to the flesh. And you want to take that in and get mad and get frustrated, start judging some people, start calling some people out. That's a foul ball. Peace of God says, put it out of your thought life and turn the doggone phone off and get out of it. You see a TV program, and it's violent, let's say. And you know it doesn't sit right with your spirit. There's people murdering people. There's people shooting people. And it starts disrupting the peace in your heart. Put it out of your life. Turn the TV off and get it out of your thought life. Because if you allow it there, it'll destroy the peace that God has settled in and ruling your heart. You hear a song, and you love you some country music, but it's a song about cheating on your wife. But I just love the tune, Pastor, and I love that whiny voice. But if you allow that into your thought life, it can set up camp, and it can destroy the peace of God. I know I'm preaching down in your junk right now, but let's, let, let, hear me out. It can get down in there and start working against the foundations of peace that's in your heart. Cast it aside. If I could moonwalk, I'd do it right now. Amen. I want to just back up from it and say, no, I don't want that in my thought life. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm not going to do it. Go away in Jesus' name, casting it aside. Some of us are concerned. Some of us who've been through tragedies, we can, you know, a tragedy can come and God can work through it and give you peace and you can become stronger as a result. So what's going to happen to our friend. So what happened to me. You're going to become stronger. But what the devil would like to do is to get you dwelling on that tragedy. And so why, 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 why? You know what? The Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. Deuteronomy 20, now there's some things we don't understand and we're not given the understanding of it in this life. But if we sit there and allow it space to take up space free of rent in our brains, it can destroy the peace that's in our heart. I'm going to trust in the Lord and allow the peace of God to rule and reign in my heart and God can take care of the answers.
Somebody say, don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. Be happy. Look at another neighbor and say, don't worry. Be happy. Number three, I think key to walking in perfect peace is to obey the voice of God. If God says do something, we've got to do it. Because if we don't do it, it'll affect the peace in our heart. If God deals with you to do something and you ignore that direction, you will not walk in perfect peace. So if the Lord's calling you to do something, do it. If you're running from the call of God on your life, stop running. Accept the call and obey it. Because you're going to be a miserable soul running from what God is calling you to do. Consecrate yourself to the will of God and let Him have His way. The, the psalmist said in Psalm 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, guess what? You're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell to the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. In other words, there's no way I can go, nowhere I can go away from God. I must obey. Amen. Jeremiah was imprisoned because of his strong prophetic words. I love the book of Jeremiah. He was imprisoned because of his strong words, and finally they pulled him out of the prison. And when they pulled him out of the prison, he looked at the guy that pulled him out. He said, now here's what's getting ready to happen to you. And man, he ripped him. I mean, Jeremiah learned boldness, if nothing else. And he said, you know what? I was down there in the mire, and it was like fire shut up in my bones. I said, Lord, I'll not speak anymore, but it was like fire burning in me. I cannot not obey the Lord. I cannot not do what He's called me to do. I cannot not live the way He's calling me to live. There will be no peace in my life. You know, COVID, Corona, whatever, really did a number on people because it got people comfortable not coming to church. And so they got in this backslidden state to where they could stay outside of church and it not affect them anymore. Or not be on fire and it not affect you anymore. That's a scary place to be. It's not a place of peace. It's not a place of peace at all. It's, you know, enough on that. Somebody shout hallelujah. But the issue is, we got to do, now I'm going to preach on Hans right here, and I've been trying to work on this in the past year of my life. But sometimes, we, in, in our zeal to obey the Lord, we take on too much. And we take on a bunch of stuff that isn't what the Lord's calling us to do. It's what we feel we should do. Out of peer pressure or out of some kind of psychological bent to do things or be good or whatever, we take on more, and when we take on more than what He wants us to do, our lives become too complex, and it eats away at the peace in our hearts. So what is God actually calling you to do, and what is He asking you to do, and, and, and we have the courage to say yes to Him, but do we have the same courage to say no to everything else? 
And I'm trying to learn this myself, that when I say yes to something, that means I say no to a thousand other things. If I say yes, I'll be at the meeting Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock, I'm saying no to having dinner with Dana. And that ain't good. If I say yes to my Saturday at a certain event, I may be saying no to Mav, Ariana, and Lucas. Those are my grandkids. Come on, am I burning you up yet? Come on, do you feel it yet? I feel it. I'm preaching myself under conviction. When we say yes to something, we say no, or we say no to something, we say yes to what God wants us to do. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus goes to the house of Mary and Martha, and Mary sat at his feet, but Martha was all nervous trying to get everything together. The Bible says she was distracted with much serving. That she was distracted with much serving. She wasn't a bad woman. She loved the Lord. She was trying to serve the Lord. And she got ticked off at her sister because her sister wasn't helping her but was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And if you know the story, Jesus said, Listen, Martha, you're busy about a lot of stuff, but Mary has chosen the better part. The better part is to slow it down and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I want to do that and say no to everything else. Oh, come on, can somebody shout amen? Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Come on, you receive, come on, lift your hand. Say, I receive it right now, Pastor. I receive perfect peace. I receive that perfect peace. One more thing I'm going to give you, and we're going to pray. And that is, I think a key to walking in perfect peace is found in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Listen to this verse. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So the final key to walking in perfect peace is to keep your mind on the Lord. You will keep him in perfect peace It's interesting in Hebrew, the term perfect peace is simply shalom, shalom. It's two shaloms combined. You know, this is a principle in Scripture. Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you. If you hear something twice, it's a perfection of that. It's a doubling of that. So God says, do you want not only just peace, do you want perfect peace? Do you want the megaton of peace? Do you want shalom, shalom? Do you want all that peace on you? Come on, how many of you need the perfect peace right now? Do you want that perfect peace on you? Then here's the key. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Stayed means to lean on or to lay on or to rest upon. Or to lean against. My table moves. Come on, lean, lean on your neighbor right now. Say, I need somebody to lean on. Lean upon the Lord. You know, 
this is a leadership principle that, that we're all into climbing ladders. If you, lose, you look at that as an analogy of leadership. But you better be concerned about not just climbing the ladder, but against which wall is that ladder leaning. Because if that ladder's leaning just for money, then you're going to pursue money. If that ladder's leaning just on fame, you're just going to pursue fame. But if that bladder is leaning on the Lord, then He can give you all that and more. But your mind is focused on Him. Can somebody shout amen? Come on, make sure your ladder is lean, leaning against Jesus right now because He won't move. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. How do you do that? You come to church. How do you do that? You talk about the Lord. How do you do that? You get in His Word on a regular basis. How do you do that? You listen to faith-filled, Holy Spirit-anointed preaching. How do you do that? You listen to great music that lifts your spirit. How do you do that? You let peace of God be the umpire and knock off all the balls and the fouls and just take the strikes right down the middle. You walk in that zone of perfect peace. You keep your mind on Jesus. There's a song that says, I woke up this morning and my mind was stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning and my mind was stayed on Jesus. I woke up, come on, from daylight till dark. In the morning we bless Him. In the noontime we bless Him. At night we bless Him. We walk with Him all day long. When your mind is clear and you're walking in perfect peace, it's easy to keep your mind on the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you've cast all your cares on Him. And once you leave here today, I don't want you to cast all your cares on the Lord and then walk out in the parking lot and pick them back up. Come on, we're going to leave them at the altar today. Can somebody shout amen? And you're going to walk in perfect peace, keeping your mind stayed on Jesus. It's interesting. You know, Dana listens to preaching all the time. And she's an amazing singer and musician. I am a preacher, and I listen to music all the time. Whatever works for you, keep your mind stayed on Him. Whatever works for you. You see, here's the issue, and I'm going to get down, and I'm going to drill down in around the nerve right now. I think the issue in church is we want to go deep with the Lord, but we've been living six days with our minds not stayed on Jesus. And then we come in for an hour and 15 minutes shot in the arm. And say, Pastor, take us deep. This is why we need revivals. It's why we need long services. It's why we need to get into some worship nights. why we need to spend some time in prayer. Because there's certain things that just happen, happen as you sink into the presence. I just said it. Amen? Amen? Certain things just happen. I mean, when the service is over, don't run for the door. Some of y'all have to go work in Kidstown and Cafe. I understand that. But the rest of you, don't run for the door. Let's see what God's going to do. It's almost like I feel sometimes, Hans, is he about finished? There! He's finished. See you later. <laughs> Wait, is God going to do anything? I don't care. i got to get home. 
Is, is somebody going to get saved? It doesn't matter to me. That's Hans going to take care of that. No, I need you. Oh, man, I'm and down around the root right now. Come on, we need to push in. We need to get our minds stayed on Jesus. We need to go a little bit deeper. You know, I don't, I, I'm not a diver at all. But uh, my understanding is when you, when you deep sea dive, to go down, it takes time. It takes time to get the oxygen right. If you just go straight down, you're going to die. Or if you ascend straight up, you're going to die. It takes time to get that equilibrium right, to descend or ascend or however it works. And we can't just come in in a few minutes and take you deep. I noticed during worship, some of us just trying to get the crud of the week out. Because I look back there and I see you a lot with during worship. Get some fire. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Come on, shake out the world, man. You can't walk in perfect peace and have all of that stuff dominating your thought life. Come in with your mind on Jesus. Come in prayed up. Come in fasting. Come in praying for me. The pastor's got a word. I know it's coming. It's going to be strong. Hallelujah. Them prayer warriors have been praying. I'm going to have them lay hands on me. I need a healing in my body. Come on, the youth ministry's going to be fired up. I'm sending my kids. Hallelujah. Because youth is more important than sports. Youth is more important than academic awards. Why? Because they're going to quit playing sports in a few years, but every one of them is going to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Give me some help in here. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. God wants you to walk in perfect peace. He wants you to walk so that whatever you face Monday morning isn't going to shake your world, isn't going to rock your foundation, isn't going to cause you to backslide because your roots are going so deep, nothing can destroy you. Let's, let's stand. Come on. Some of y'all ready to go home. Father, we give you praise for your word today that we can walk in perfect peace. God, I thank you for each one in here, Lord, that they can walk in perfect peace. And we've laid out the biblical roadmap. They receive it. They reject worry. They keep their minds stayed on you. They watch what they say yes to. Father, I thank you for these principles. Bless each one in, in, in the hearing of my voice that you would touch them and bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And that, Father, you would stir us up this week. Stir us up this week to pursue peace. You even said, Lord, seek peace with all men. Pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Let us seek peace, God. In the name of Jesus, let our lives be that, that example in our family, in our workplace, in the society and community that out of our lives flow peace. That we're the, 
we're the man of peace. We're, we are the woman of peace. That when people come to us, they experience that. Lord, it's my prayer for everybody in here today. And we give you praise for it right now. We give you praise for it right now. I want the altar workers to come and join me at the altar right now. If you need prayer, we're here and we're open for you to, to be prayed for. If you need to accept the Lord into your heart, today is the day of salvation for you. You need to come and find a place at this altar and let someone pray for you. I'm going to leave it right there this morning. If you need prayer, you take the initiative. And you come out of your seat and allow someone to pray for you. Say, say guys, pray for me. I need Jesus in my heart. I do need peace. Pray, pray that. Pray that all that the pastor preached today comes down in me. And that I receive the revelation of it right now. And God, we thank you for peace in our lives right now. We thank you for peace over everyone in this congregation. In the name of Jesus, and we give you thanks, Lord, for what you're doing, how you're doing it. We give you praise for healing flowing right now in Jesus' name, for virtue flowing in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that the power of God comes and settles in on each one of us here this morning in the name of Jesus, and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, he is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.